Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. I am here in person for the first time in five months with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, and Erica is working the dials from a safe distance. All of us. Uh, guys, this is the first time we've all been together, the four of us. In over five months. Yeah. Everyone's looking good. Hair flow is really strong on this podcast. Any haircuts here? Shane and I, I can tell you haven't had a haircut. No. <laughs> I certainly have not had a haircut. I've Max, had some trims. Yeah. I, I just uh, uh, had a shower, but I've had a couple <laughs> little trims. Actually, I went to our barber right around the corner when I got a, had to kind of get the sides taken care of. Well, you were getting trolled online, so I guess you had to. <laughs> what do you mean? A, a guy, you were posting in Arkells. Someone said, whoever the lead singer of oh, Arkells yeah. is needs a fucking yeah. trim. <laughs> or he's like, or don't. Make up your mind. That's what he said. Oh, he thought oh. you were somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I we're the, we're the heart of Hamilton right now. But baby. then he apologized because you called him out. Yeah. Publicly shamed him. Yeah. You, even though you blanked out his name, I guess somehow his friends alerted him. Yeah, that's right. And then he issued a, a public apology. A public apology. But it was very nice. Yeah. I think the, um, all trolls are nice once you call them out. That's true. Once they're acknowledged, they go, oh, yeah, these people have feelings and there's another human being on the other end of this insult. And sorry. Yeah, yeah that's the key to trolling. It's just does I want him to know I exist. Mm-hmm. And it's like he acknowledged me. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Erica, have you had a haircut? No cuts. Just rocking it since the start. Yep. Split ends and it's all. It's easier for a woman, though, to go no cut. Not to be sexist, but <laughs> women tend to have longer hair. Yeah, you're probably right. And, like, it's probably a little less noticeable. At least mm. women who keep their hair long. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, is this weird? Like, it's like, we, so, so for our listeners, you might be listening. We are filming this. We'll put uh, clips up online, I'm sure. But, like, we are in Max's backyard in Hamilton. Uh, we're all in Hamilton. Uh, now all three of us are living here. Erica, you drove in from out of town. Thanks for making the trip. It's good to see yeah. you in of person. Course. I didn't know if you were going to make it, so this is exciting. Yep. When right. you live at home with your parents, you got nothing to do. You'll take any excuse. Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're back home in Waterloo, oh. and I knew you'd come down. Because yeah. you're having a, a rager about... tonight? Yeah. Am I what? Having a rager now that you're in the big city. Oh, no, I drove. I have to go back. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, anyone that you could party age. with in Hamilton, though? You're like, maybe tonight's the night. Give me a drink, Max. Is that the kind of vibe? I mean, I could throw out a few tags, a few feelers. Our Mike Beerman's friend- right here. <laughs> <laughs> the only one drinking right now. I am having a beer. Well, when we were putting this in the group, it's I like know. Max is like, we'll do it in my backyard. It's the first time back. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a few beers. Like, this feels like a cause for celebration. Yeah. So, you know, I just live not too far down the street from you here, Max. So I had some beers in the fridge. I'm like, oh, this is going to be nice. I get here. And nobody's here's the problem is I just got back from camping. I was in Long Point for the last two nights and I just had a shower and all we did was sort of drink beer and eat garbage. So I've just had some green juice and a bubbly water and that's all I can. Wait, you were with J.R. Diggs and he didn't post you incessantly? No, no, no. We went. I was with the Benthams and we went to like the provincial park in Long Point and and we didn't mention to Diggs that we were going down there. You're a dead man. Well, then (laughs) so we go into town, into Port Rowan. We park the car. We get out of the car. Who's the fir- literally the first person we see <laughs> is Diggs walking. He walks out of his store. He's like, buddy. And then, of course, that led to like Diggs and I having like an hour long conversation, like under a tree in the shade while Lauren was like, OK, I'm going to go to the pharmacy and fuck off. And can you just like finish this up? And I get back to my family. And I was like, OK, though, it was one of the highlights of the trip is seeing Diggs. Diggs That's on the main track. And who's yeah. the other guy up there? Uh, there's another Hamilton guy up there with him. Uh, was Dylan out there? Yeah, yeah, Dylan. Hideki. Dylan Hideki. Yeah, yeah, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, I think what Diggs does is he just gets his Hamilton friends to come down, hang at the point. 
Well, point. this is the thing. So our friend Jared Diggs, we talked about on this podcast before. He has like like a, a couple cottages up at yeah. Longport. And he rents them out. Yeah. He, you have both been there. My brother's been there. Yeah. I've I consider Diggs a friend. I've never gotten the invite. You just gotta give him a little nudge. <laughs> Honestly, that's all it takes. But also, it's a hot commodity now. I think when he first bought the property a couple of years ago, he needs to get the word out. So we were sort of uh, you know spokespeople. True. But now it's kind of rented out all summer long. He's on to his next venture. So you just gotta nudge him. Did then. he charge you when you went up there? This year, no, but we went up just. You had to play a few songs. Yeah, we did play a couple songs. <laughs> I did. And he, did he pay you to go up? There? He did. No, no, no. Actually, it was funny. There was because well, I went up with Lauren, but your brother Greg yeah. and his gal Laura. And I think I might mention this in the pod. There's just an, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so uh, an umbrella just <laughs> fell over. We'll post it online. <laughs> the winder, right? It's got a winder. Uh, the crank. Yeah. This is how like unhelpful i am um oh, oh it's stuck on that sorry, be careful it might tear there <laughs> is it the other way i think it's oh, oh, oh. oh it's caught there this speaks to how <laughs> max I, I is trying all... to talk and he's in the umbrella he does... <laughs> <laughs> some people are in the bubble max is in the umbrella did did, did you pay someone to set that up originally and that's the first time you've ever had to touch it i think i put it up myself to be honest right but it really speaks to how helpful i was camping uh in the last couple of days because like i didn't even bother to attempt to like put a patio umbrella down like i was like i probably couldn't figure that out i'll let erica deal with it and i did but i, but I figured it out but like great job uh i'm the like way, the handyman out of all of us right now it's a very weird you feeling. you are the handyman and i'm the least handy person erica might be the handiest person though in the whole gang here are you, are you annoyed in the sun there do you want to move, do you want to move over Is i'm that, okay it'll pass are you, sure? you think yeah, you're handier just, than me erica i just mowed a lawn so. okay i mow my lawn Okay. I found okay. I've be I've become handy over the course of the, the pandemic. Mm. Like once we moved back to the house in Hamilton, I actually had to do things and like I'm not I'm not really handy. I, like I would be like anyone that's actually handy would put me to shame, mm. but I actually feel far more like I can do a couple things than I ever did before. Uh, do you feel like you've actually crossed over into a handyman? Shane? No, no, I'm terrible. But what I am is a willing participant. Mm. And when you're a willing participant, you can trick people into thinking you're handy. Mm. For instance, when we were moving the table, like Mike was kind of on the phone. He could have grabbed it with his one hand though and carried it. It's a very light table. Max was kind of pretending he was like doing something. Yeah, I really didn't want to. You and then Erica, and then it was just Erica and I left to our own. Yeah. But that I find willingness can up your game a lot and i was just at a cottage for two weeks with my in-laws so there's a lot of little tasks at a cottage and i was all over everything like anyone need anything um, mm. does that need to be moved do you want me to do this and i really felt useful and handy so i, I on that note on the way uh home from the cottage i asked lauren i was like lauren do you does the does your family kind of wear kid gloves with me when it comes to this camping stuff like do you think or was i kind of like you know in the mix with everybody doing stuff like Max, you didn't stand up once to try to like help with the fire or to go or help with the food. You literally like sat there and then you went for walks by yourself. <laughs> okay, but if you weren't, let's say you had the same skills, same yeah. handiness level, but you weren't considered like a Canadian superstar, would you help out more because you'd be like, I'm a loser otherwise? I, I you know what's funny? I actually had that thought today. I was like, if I had a normal job, would I have to try a little bit harder in other stuff? Like in these kinds of like 
you know, situations. And I think I would have to try harder. Yeah. But but now because it's like, oh, Max, you know, he's a city kid. You know, he's just a city kid. And he's a musician. And, you know, camping's not really his thing. But I'm really happy he's here. Yeah, and you well, serve a purpose in society, yeah. kind of. Like- and nobody's having that conversation. But in your mind, <laughs> which justifies it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going, why isn't he helping? Well, you know, it's funny. He's on the, another walk. The one thing that, yeah, the one thing I could have done that would have been helpful is that Luke, uh, Lauren's brother, brought a, a little guitar with him. And Luke's a great guitarist obviously he's a singer in Dirty Nell and I got the guitar up and the thing is that I don't actually know any songs I just sort of like know a few chords to certain songs and then just kind of hum to myself <laughs> so it drives Lauren nuts all the time because she's like either sing the fucking song or put the guitar down don't just hum to yourself the whole time I'm like I'm really enjoying myself she's like well no one else appreciates it I'm like okay um, but you had a good time? Uh, yeah for camping it's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh my god also this is the, in like in, in one of our groups like uh you you posted like the day before you left does anyone have a blow up inflatable mattress yeah. this is like a classic camping trope for you that yeah, it's yeah. like the day before you're trying to get together all yeah this it was shit. like hours before we left jug came through actually though i failed to blow it up correctly so we got in the tent the first night and it just kind of sunk slowly deflated Don't you just it, put air in it like how do you f- fail to do it, that correctly? but it's like ah there's some apparatus you're supposed to like you know, push with your foot and mm, I don't sounds know. impossible. To yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was impossible. No one's done it. No one's ever done it yet. So, um, but but, you know, originally this camping trip was supposed to be to Algonquin Park. It was supposed to be like a three nighter, not just a two nighter. And it was a portage Oof. like in the wilderness. But thank God, Lauren's sister, Maddie, who was going to be our trip leader, got appendicitis. <laughs> and she had to have emergency surgery. Wow. And then she went back to her home in Germany. And I got out of the trip. Man, Some people have all the luck. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie's much better. Oh, I'm not kidding. But Maddie is feeling she's much well? better. She's well? Yeah, she's fine. I guess it wouldn't work if she was terribly sick right yeah, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, He's like she I died. don't really know. All I know is I don't have to portage. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, in the time as things have like loosened up, uh, we've talked about it on the pod. We've done some, since I moved back to Hamilton, some backyard hangs. So I've been in backyards with you, Max, yep. with a couple of the gang. Uh, I have not seen Shane. We sit beside each other. We literally saw each other. I spent no. more time with you than I spent with my Danica or Winona or anybody in yeah, my Yeah, my entire life I've spent the most time with you. Yeah. And we've just all of a sudden, like nothing, haven't been around each other for more than five months. It's so it's weird to be disconnected that way. My question was going to be, though, have you done any hanging out with anyone other than your family? No. And is this your first time outside of that circle? Yes. And I feel like I have COVID. (laughs) Like like just walking into someone else's house, I'm like, I've got COVID. Like I just have that paranoia. That we gave it to you or that you gave it to us? No, we gave it to you. That you gave it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I walked in the door, like I didn't know how to act. Like you Mm. came up to me and you came up quite like, not aggressive, but friendly. Mm -hmm. And in these COVID times, that seems aggressive. Yeah. So I was like, hi, Max. And then you're like approaching. I'm like, too close, too close. Well, then I started to kiss you. Yeah. yeah. It was too much tongue. And (laughs) But just everything feels so COVID-y when you're out of your own personal bubble. That's interesting because if you're in a uh, routine of going to see people a little more normal, regularly, you kind of like, huh, you know, you look at the numbers every day. Only, you know, 60 people got it in Ontario and, you know, 14 million people. You're like, what are the chances? So... I'm the opposite of you because I've been a lot more social. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't been, I guess I haven't been hanging inside with people really that much, but, uh, I feel like you also don't like to succumb to fear at all. Mm. Like you, you're like, ah, eh, fuck it. 
Yeah. Like I had my mask and I was like, do I need to wear this inside? And you kind of laughed it off. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was weird when you aggressively ripped it off his face and said, don't be a bitch. That was a weird move. Max. That, that uh, was a Trump 2020. <laughs> you put him in the headlock. Uh, but uh, no, Shane, what you're feeling right now is super familiar to me because when I, I think the first backyard I went into was like a month and a half. I don't know when, when it was, but when you first kind of cross, Right. No, it would that the first one was at our friend Brody's. Mm. It was like Sean, Brody, Julian, uh, Felix, and we the, and because he lives around the corner from me, like hey, we're hanging in the backyard. And I'm like, I haven't done this yet. And Danik and I had been like super like the way that you guys are living, insular. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. And I had like my my beers in a backpack, and like guys were going in and like using the bathroom, and I was like, they're, they're crazy. I'm like, I'm not going inside somebody, and I didn't, and I I didn't go into somebody's house. Until maybe like pants are just drenched with urine. Oh yeah, well you just gotta go for it. I wore a diaper, please. <laughs> Those guys are crazy. <laughs> uh, until like two weeks ago at our friend Jugs, because he people were you know there was like some pool swimming, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll use the bathroom here, mm-hmm. and that was like the first time. But then once you do do it, to Max's point, it's like you want to be super responsible. We're keeping like our our bubble. Um, in a, in a sort of a spot that we feel very comfortable with and then sort of like hanging with your friends, you still do it outside. We haven't done an inside hang really like mm-hmm. that I can think of, you know? Yeah. Um, and then to Max's point, what he said about the numbers is you're like, okay, it's like when the numbers are this low, especially in Hamilton, it's like if you're, if you're distancing, you know, decently and you're outdoors and you're doing your stuff, the odds of one of your friends having it being asymptomatic and all these, this conflicts of things that has to come together, you go, man, I really would have just like, it's like winning the shittiest lottery. And so then, and maybe that's just a weird placebo that you tell yourself so that you can hang out with other people, which I think is important for our own mental health too. But it's like, once I told myself that I sort of like, I did find a certain amount of relaxing, but mm-hmm. I still can't go inside anywhere without a mask without feeling like very uncomfortable. Well, I guess my fear is it, it all started with one person mm-hmm. and one to a hundred thousand people getting it isn't that unrapid. Like it happens fast. So if like 60 people have it. Yeah. It seems like only 60. But that can double and double and double. But but the thing it. which makes me feel good is that at least Canadians, for the most part, are playing by the rules and are abiding by like the public health guidelines. Mm-hmm. So it's like the reason why it hasn't spread in the way it has in America is because everybody who goes inside is wearing a mask the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that makes it seems to make a large difference. We're and breaking are... these chains of connection. So like if people are sticking to like 10 people in a backyard, decently distanced, it's like say one of those people does have it. They don't give it to all the other yeah. nine in theory. My only problem is I just don't know what everyone else is doing. hundred percent. Absolutely. No. And that's the, that's the, that's, and some people are working different jobs that require face to face stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and it's like, oh, it's only one person, but that one person could have been in contact with hundreds of people. Yeah. And then course. that's lots. Well, of you saw the news today. Uh, brass rail. Yeah. 500 people were exposed to this one dancer. Well, I, when I said I'd only been out once, that was a bit of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners, if you don't know, the Brass Rail is a very popular gentleman's club in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, and news broke today that I guess, I don't know if it was a dancer. It was I think it was a dancer. Yeah. I mean, or maybe it was a bartender. But somebody who, because her, the shifts were very uh, clear. Like she, the person was there from... 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. It was just like very much like I work at this bar. So either I guess it could be a, bar, a bouncer. We don't know. An employee at the Brass Rail uh, tested positive for COVID, and I guess they were exposed to as many as 500 people. So like this news came out today when everybody's been kind of talking about the numbers and how it's all been good. Like that's an example of one person who might end up being a super spreader. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> well, Rob, I was on the drive down here. Uh, is it Rob Ford or Doug? Doug. What's his name? Yeah. Doug was like, oh, I, I just feel bad for the the guy who said he was just going out. Now he has to tell his wife where he actually was. That's what Doug, is that said? What Doug yeah. said. And then the reporter laughs and he goes, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an amazing soundbite. You know what? Doug's been so funny. Like, the, the quote he had, I think, earlier today or yesterday was uh, he was he was he was like, gonna tell the bylaw officers to cool it with the drinking in public tickets mm-hmm. he was like you know i just told i just told him you know of course if they're uh getting a little unruly give them a ticket but if they're just having a couple beers in the park i eh, just cool it <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's i was like enjoy the fact that our premier talks like that yeah like mm-hmm. obviously i wouldn't enjoy it if he was like cutting funding for stuff that was important or just being ignorant in other ways that would annoy me but if he's generally been doing the right thing through this whole experience and he talks like that. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Man of the people vibes. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very Matthew McConaughey-esque. <laughs> he looks just like it. <laughs> <laughs> like looking in a mirror, man. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to, uh, that you can cut this, but how do you get a lap dance and be socially distanced at a strip club? Is you, that possible? I mean, I don't, it's a good question. Like, are what are the rules? Or what are the lap dancing rules right now during COVID? Like, it's one thing for the gentleman's club to be open, but it's another thing to allow that close. St- you know what I mean? <laughs> like, is the stage just covered in plexiglass and men are just pressing their face against it? <laughs> Maybe. Or masks. Like, they might all have to wear masks if they're... It, it, I can't imagine that part of, like, whatever... Fa- like, I can't imagine a part of the reopening is allowing lap dances in, in strip mm-hmm. clubs. So they must just be breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. Which, would that shock anyone? Like, um... The other, about th- eh, three weeks ago, I was in Toronto. I was going for a, one of my walks, and I, uh, Birch, or the nut was mm-hmm. was at his Toronto condo. And I went up to go visit him. Uh, and I was like, oh, let's go for a walk, or whatever. I got a couple of coffees. It was like 9 30 a.m. And I like, wa- and his door is always open. So I like walked right into his, in, in his condo. Uh, and this guy was standing there, and it wasn't his condo. I'm like, ah! I'm sorry. I walked into the wrong condo. Oh my god! Yeah, Max. and and I'm sure that your COVID times people are like kind of freaked out or whatever. And I'm like, sorry, sorry. Uh, and I was wearing the mask at the time. What? More frightening. No. <laughs> well, it's just always scary when somebody walks into your apartment. Yeah, yeah. and the guy was like standing in the hallway, like in his hallway, putting on shoes, like to go out as well. So it was just like where I was kind of like face to face with him. Like, oh geez. Um. So anyway. Uh, last weekend, my old childhood friend, David Lawrence, uh, was getting, well, he actually, this was supposed to be his bachelor party because he was supposed to be getting married at the beginning of July. But of course the, the wedding got canceled, then doing a private little ceremony. And so the bachelor party happened after the wedding. So it was sort of like a get together of all of his friends, but I don't know a lot of his friends. David's childhood friend. And, uh, he went to Western. He's, he's now a doctor. He's actually the Toronto Blue Jays team doctor. Oh, wow. Did I ever tell you this? Anyway, so I do. I was playing this game that I always play with anybody who I meet. I'm like, oh, where do you live? What do you do? And I always try to like make some kind of connection with like, oh, you're from that town. Oh, I, my cousin's from that town. Or oh, you went. You're from West Mountain. <laughs> Sounds you, fun. No, but it's good. It's it's when you're meeting someone. <laughs> Is this what you did for the guy that you walked into the apartment? Yeah, on? I'm lost. A bit. Is this him? Oh, well, I'm getting there. So basically, I meet a guy, and he um, he's like, oh, I live at like King and Bathurst. I'm like, oh, my friend lives in King and Bathurst. Uh, where are you? Which Connery? And he's like, oh, I'm in the Thompson. I was like, oh, my friend's in the Thompson. And what floor are you on? And everybody's like, he's on the penthouse floor. I was like, the nuts on the penthouse floor. What number are you? I walked into this guy's apartment. Whoa! So it was this, him who you. Yeah. So I was like, with? I was like, I was the guy who walked into your condo two weeks ago. He's like, you're the fucking guy. 
Oh my God. What are the chances? Yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's very weird. Yeah. Anyway, I've had a lifetime of asking those kinds of questions. And usually it's like, oh, you know my cousin or you know Mike Veerman who lived on the West Mountain or whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but that is a freaky. But, yeah, freaky one. Wow. Anyway, he, he loved it. He, he was, yeah. Huh. We'll so again, is it legal to have a, a lap dance right now in Ontario? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just want to tell that story. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to say no. I don't yeah. think it is. It's probably some funky business going on, and you know that's what's that's what's happened. Hey, did you see that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber? Um, he got it's part of the vaccine trial. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild because he's no spring chicken. Yeah, which I, and he, but he, but he said, do you know who Andrew Lloyd Webber is? No, he, he wears a Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> he wore one to the vaccine <laughs> trial. Actually, do you want a hat or something? I'm gonna put my sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah. Erica's sitting right in the sun. I Let's thought the sun was gonna go behind the building that way, but it's Here. actually deciding to set. To the right. Here, move, move. The sun's okay? moving weird tonight. Yeah, it's moving weird. <laughs> yeah, he's like a he's like a, a, a sort of a super synonymous with the theater. Like Shane said, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor. Did you do Coat. Phantom of the Opera? I believe that is an Andrew Lloyd Webber. So yeah, he's like an iconic music theater writer. Again, writer. you know. Uh, He's a he, he's a legend, uh, not only in sort of by his work, but also by his age, his longevity. So the fact mm. that he signed up for this uh, vaccine trial, which right. could be very risky, yeah, unless they gave him the placebo, uh, if you know how the vaccine trials work. Uh, and he they post he posted, I guess, on social media today saying, "I want theater to come back like so much." This I'm doing this for the actors. I would do I would do anything to bring theater back. I do wow. anything, and, and that kind of reframed the way I thought about being like any big that. I was like, because I want live music to come back, that would make me more inclined to do it. Wow, so you were inspired by mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber that you would join like a vaccine trial because of how much you want to play live again. Yeah, I, maybe. It, it <laughs> spurned the idea in my head. Mm. Or maybe you just go for a walk because you're yeah. a city kid and sometimes... <laughs> uh... <laughs> but, but it's a good question. Like, what would you guys... W- would there be anything, any story like that that you'd be like, oh, yeah, hmm, I, I'm going to do this for my kid or something like that. I don't know. It's a good when they started talking about the vaccine trials and you hear like, oh, they're going to, you know, go with twelve hundred people or three thousand people volunteered, whether it's in the UK or Canada or the US. I I was like, you of course, you have the thought, would I do this? Like, am I altruistic enough? Am I somebody that's like, I want to do this because I can want to help out and I'm relatively young and relatively healthy. And I am the sort of person that would fall into the category of like, yeah, let's give it a go. And I don't know. I think I'd be too, too concerned or scared about like the viability of it, like how sick you're going to get. Like, I don't know. And it's like, I think that Shane and I obviously have kids. Um, I think that changes your risk level for those sorts of things. But maybe that's a cop out. Like my thing is, it's like, I wouldn't want to get sick because, you know, wind needs me and all those sort of like things. I think I'd be more inclined to if like you caught me when I was 25 and single and living alone Mm. and someone was like, would you want to do a vaccine trial? I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. Let's try it. I but think. then you have your whole life ahead of you, <laughs> right? And it's like if you die at 25, that's such a tragedy. Yeah, and, and I don't know the answer. Like the truth is I won't know until someone stands in front of you and goes, are you willing to do this? And, you know. I'd be way more likely to do it if I was 80 because it's like <laughs> oh, I got nothing going on. I haven't done anything cool in like 15 years. And then I make the paper and it's like, oh, Shane Cunningham does this. It's like, oh, I'm relevant again. <laughs> You're really yeah. discrediting Andrew Lloyd Webber right now. It's <laughs> worth taking a shot at him yeah. personally. Yeah. No, but don't you think it's like if you're 80, you've lived a long life. It's like, what do I got to lose? Yeah. Like yeah. If, if you die because you did the vaccine, your whole like legend would be like how stupid of a move that would be. 
Oh, that's, that's interesting. True. Way to think it, would, it wouldn't be like he was a hero kind of vibe. Yeah, like died in the name of science. Yeah, no, it, you'd be like a, a Jay Leno joke or something, or who would, who who's ever doing the opening monologues now? <laughs> he also died apparently in two thousand and two. Back at it. <laughs> Oh, Fallon? Is he still doing it? I don't have cable, man. <laughs> it is interesting. It does make me think about like the idea of like whatever is like seems like the right thing to do or to be a hero, but if it doesn't work out, like it's almost it's almost like the people that are like what do they say, the meek will inherit the earth? It's almost like it's almost the better play to be a coward. And not that doing a vaccine trial makes you a hero or not doing one makes you a coward, but it's just like history has seemed to show us that like standing on the sidelines, although is not glorified, gets you to the next level. And then and then mm-hmm. you go from there and go yeah. from there. It's like survivors kind of get the spoils. Yeah. Yeah. The only time it doesn't work is like in war. I mean, I guess it does kind of work. This is war. what I'm trying to say. Mm. Like, if you really think about it, it's like Trump dodged the draft because of the bone spurs and mm. now he's the president and everyone makes jokes. But the jokes are doing nothing. Like it's like he still wins. So by the way, like these are these are questions you have to ask yourself. Who am I? What matters to me? What is my integrity about? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just saying that more and more as I go through life and I watch the way that people operate, I'm more like I'm more fascinated by like if you don't have a sense of shame, then you'll just keep it moving. And like you know what I mean? Like what what has it like? You know, John McCain went to you know he was a Vietnam prisoner of war, and you know he suffered. And it's like Trump avoided, you know, serving. And it's like, where do they both end up? It's just like, I know one isn't like um, commendable, but it's like, what is the outcome? You know, does does the, does the end justify the means? But if McCain wasn't a POW, maybe he wouldn't have ended up where he was. You know, because Trump had the whole famous name and everything. And yeah, exactly. Like a different path and all that. Yeah, but anyway, like I, I, I'm just always interested by like outcome. It, I don't think it really influences the way that I do things because like I certainly have like at times spoken up where I'm like, ah, you probably shouldn't have said that. That like was more detrimental to you than if you just kept your mouth shut. Yeah. We all are who we are and you really can't, you're a big proponent of this, Shane. Like you can't change who you are. You're going to mm. do what you're going to do. But I'm always like, nah, there's no real consequences for the people that just sort of like coward like sneak out the way i justify to myself is that i think for every domain every kind of job there is a segment of the population that wants to do it so i i also include so it's like there's some people that want to be performers or scientists or whatever it is and there's some segment of the population that just like was like yeah sign me up for that vaccine trial and i don't think any of us fall on that but i do think there are a bunch of people we maybe don't know them but at least in the say in the province of ontario with 14 million people i bet you that there's like 50,000 people that have a personality type that goes, oh, I'd fucking love to do that. That turns me on. You're like, everyone has their role. Everybody has. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so so that so it, it becomes it just becomes interesting, I guess, in wartime when it's like a, when nobody fucking wants to go. And we're like, all right, guys, we're drafting people. Sorry, we got to do it. But I think in most cases, you can find like enough people to be like, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of volunteers for this thing. We're good. Yeah. Now, that's the way I optimistically think about it. Yeah. Do you think that every, do you think, so like you said, like some people want to like get on a stage and perform. Some people want to help the better good by being a doctor or some people want to make a lot of money by being a doctor or, you know, it's like everyone has their own motivations for doing things. Do you think now more than in the past, more people want to be famous? Yeah. Like that's an Mm -hmm. interesting thing to me. Yeah. Because I think the access to fame is, um, is, is new and it's, there's more like viable routes where you're like, oh, if I, oh, you guys can speak to this. This is like before you'd, you'd have to like, okay, if I want to like get a television show, 
uh, you know, that's catered to moms and families and stuff like that. There, there's only like a, there's a few gatekeepers, but now you can go, okay, I can actually do this and get a sponsor here and I can make money here and I can build an audience this way. There's, there's yeah, but the irony is it was easier before to become famous. Now it's way harder because oh. everybody's Saturated. like my mom's kind of my mom's more famous on Facebook than me. What do you like, mean? She's like, here's this. And she'll get like 400 thumbs up and 82 comments. Really? Yeah. And like she's an influencer on Facebook. now. No, it's just old people will like shit very easily. And they're like, <laughs> like, it's very weird. Not a not a coveted uh, advertiser demographic, though, I will say. Who Old people? Yeah. No. Well, this, I saw a funny tweet where um, Mark Cuban, had tw- somebody tweeted something about the NBA and the NBA obviously is very heavy into social justice. And uh, somebody on the right had tweeted, um, Tucker Carlson and Fox News are kicking the NBA's ass. Like, look at their overall numbers compared to what the NBA like Friday night ESPN game did. Mark Cuban's like, yeah, but in the coveted like 19 to like 40 demographic, the NBA did something like two million more. It's like, so yeah, Fox News got more ratings, but it's literally all backloaded. So it's like everybody from like 60 to 90. Yeah. That, but it that depends watched. what you're selling, right? Agreed. Like Werther's depends, like vaccine trials. <laughs> but, but it's also about like, um, I guess, like uh, income, meaning like mm-hmm. disposable income. And I don't know if old people, older people have more on well, a retirement budget. Mortgages budget. are usually paid off. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. Uh, but yeah, so to the question about like, more people wanting to be famous. It is, to your chain's point, it's, it's harder, it's right? It's impossible to be famous now. Like, you can kind of, like, have a little side hustle going on much easier and mm-hmm. get maybe 10,000 followers. But to be famous, you need, like, 30 mil to even get people to turn their head. Yeah. I guess there's more, like, sub-genres of fame now. Yeah, notor- mild notoriety, I guess you'd yeah. call it. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Like, more yeah. clout within your friend group? there's that or, or like in your community that you're part of yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's why it always defaults to like like we all work in entertainment on some level you know what i mean like we have have a tv show on crave uh i was gonna say had but we did have a season two until COVID hit yeah and this is entertaining right this is guys entertaining. <laughs> but so as erica checks her phone like, <laughs> when do i get out of here <laughs> just checking the time um you know but and i think this is what it comes down to is it's like if what you're doing ultimately leads to like popularity or fame if you want to call it that um is something that you love then it ends up becoming sort of like an honest pursuit and i think where things fall apart is when somebody's like i'm gonna try to be a singer because i want to be famous and Mm. then they're like rebecca black which is an old school reference or whatever and she's back actually there you go apparently she's pretty good yeah yeah yeah. i had a friend who did did a co-write with her what is the song like it's October, <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> it's the shittiest song ever. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, like, like I think if like what you're doing is something that you like truly love, whether it succeeds or not, it doesn't matter because like you'll look back and go, yeah, I was, I'm proud of that, or at least like I know my motivations were true. And you can always kind of smell when it's like well, that person's trying to become famous. Oh yeah, there's definitely some people that just sort of bounce around from one thing to the next. It's like, oh, they're doing singing now. Okay, okay, now they're acting. All right, they're trying this comedy thing. You know, it's like you, mm-hmm. when they really bounce around because, yeah. like, the only end game is like, yeah, being famous. But uh, yeah. Uh, but speaking of the NBA, let's yes. talk about bubbles. Let's talk about the bubble. Uh, so the NBA is going into the uh, playoffs this coming week, and it's been fun. It's been it's been. I'm sure. Fun. You, I'm every time <laughs> uh, I haven't actually watched many games, but I see the highlights, and I just think about you, Mike, being like, "Oh, Mike definitely watched all of that, and he's probably loving his life." Like you're in a sweet spot right now, right? 
it's just it's it's like like I said, it's been a little beacon of light in an otherwise like dreary, you know, and depressing five months. It's just so nice to have back, and it seems like the players are really enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it feels like it's kind of it feels like it's working, whatever that means, however you quantify that. Uh, and it's entertaining as hell, man. It's been really great. Does okay? I haven't really watched a ton. There's still a part of me though that kind of is bummed out that the fans aren't there because I think I get off on seeing clips of fans walking into a stadium or mm-hmm. seeing reaction of fans and and I know they have the digital ones up there, but like while the hockey was on, you know, it's like the Leafs felt like they were playing in some faraway land. But and I was in Toronto. I'm like, oh, the game's actually happening like a kilometer from here. Yeah. Like I can see the arena. And, it, and so there's still that part that's missing. But have you gotten over that? Well, no, here's the thing, though. The NHL isn't as intimate. Like, it's like the camera angles are higher. They're wearing the helmets. Mm. You're not seeing, like, the, the sport. Like, you know. Seats uh, are way further back. Yeah, there yeah. was, like, the game that just happened was, like, basically the Blazers needed to win to get to this play-in tournament, which is, like, it's, it's win or go home. And the game came down to the final possession. And it's, like, those guys, like, you could feel it. Like, it mattered, man. Like, just like any other playoff game. it was. And Dame it, Lillard's been incredible. He was incredible. And it came down to, like, this Karis Levert, like, shot to basically send Dame home. And the Phoenix Suns were all waiting, hoping that it would lose so they could get in the play-in. It's just like, but that resonated more so than, and I watched a bit of the Leafs. Did Portland situation. get in the plan? They got in the plan. So Fuck this weekend, yeah. they got two games, them in Memphis, to see who gets to play the Lakers in the first round. And it's been awesome. Like, it's, and, and the thing is, like, basketball is just so much more intimate, and the angles are closer. And when guys are, like, getting in their face, and we've had drama between Dame Lillard and uh, Paul George, which we don't have yeah. to get into, but that On was Instagram, cool. right? And then, but then they're like, they're, they're, the wife and the sister got into it. And then Paul George had to basically call a truce because he's not really ready for that kind of trash talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just like a guy that likes to fish and, and chill. And he, he got himself into something he wanted to be into. But look it up online if you're listening and you're not a super NBA fan. But it, what I'm saying is it's like, to your point, Max, it's like, I don't think some of the other sports lend themselves as much to like yeah. the intensity and, the, and, and the, the, the drama as basketball does. But do you miss 19,500 people like swaying like a free throw or like losing their minds? That's irreplaceable. That's yeah. like, but I, I'm going to say I, when it comes down to the last two minutes of a game, I still feel the same butterflies. Mm. Apparently that free throw shit doesn't work anyway. Guys have a better record when it's dead silent. Really? At shooting uh, free throws. A yeah. worse record or? A better. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They shoot poorly. When it's dead silent. Oh, so if sure. fans really wanted to be effective for an opposing totally team, go totally silent yeah. and you get in your own head and it fucks you up. I once heard a good idea. I don't know where I read this or heard it, but they said that if they really, if fans really want to mess with guys shooting free throws, that like when the guy's about to shoot the free throw, all the fans should stand up and then just as about to throw, they should all take one step to the left. And what oh, it does is it messes with your perception mm-hmm. of uh, where the rim is. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. but like to organize that. But I feel it's like, like uh, really... colleges could do that though. Yeah, in, totally. In, in college sports, they have everybody lots of knows traditions. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys shoot better on the road free throws than they do at home. Hmm. It's gonna be interesting to see how like when it's like you know a finals game or like a conference finals game and Giannis is at the free throw line and it's dead silent or this happened this is why the beef happened Pat Beverly was talking shit to Dame Lillard as he was shooting free throws at the end of like an important Oh he wanted game. him to get out there right? all that yeah um but the reason we bring up the bubble is because they've just released the rules for because after the first round of the playoffs all of these guys that have been sort of isolated and you know in the bubble who haven't been with their wives or their girlfriends or their partners or whatever it is their families they are now allowed to bring people into the bubble, but there are rules to the people they can bring. Are into these the just like conjugal visits? Well, <laughs> this is what this is what's kind of controversial is that the NBA has put in language that essentially says you have to have like either a long-standing relationship. You basically saying you can't bring in an Instagram model. Like mm-hmm. if you just met somebody on social media, they aren't allowed into the bubble. Wow. 
which seems to be a little bit discriminatory. But how long are the visits to the bubble? Well, you have to quarantine, I think, for four days. I think you test leading up to the bubble, and then you, you do four or seven days. Yeah, I think it's like a total of seven. It's like three days in the home market, and then when you get to the bubble, four days. Yeah. And you have to test negative like seven days in a row. Imagine they only gave you 20 minutes. This guy with a stopwatch <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> Adam Silver's just standing there with a the stopwatch. <laughs> Masks on, go. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, that that would probably lead to some interesting conversations, though. You could be like, no, no, I, I've hung out with this person before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They were like, prove it. And you're like, well, you, you got to show them your like DM history. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, who would you guys like? I mean, obviously, we we all have partners and stuff that we would bring. Okay, in the well, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Okay, who would we bubble? You can bring four people in. I think you can bring four. Yeah. Okay, and here are the rules. We can't. Is this being picked up? Is it loud? It's real loud. It's real. Some construction going on, but I mean, are our voices cutting through? That's the important. Yeah, yeah, part. yeah, definitely. But there's a lot of background stuff. So but I'll try my best. Our listeners, there's some construction going on here in, in Hamilton and <laughs> Max's neighborhood. Yeah. Making we'll it look pretty, man. Bear with us, because we're all together for the first time in five months. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really it's nice, about, by the way. Yeah, guys. it's all about the vibe. It's all about vibing. Uh, so go on. What's the question? Okay, so I want to ask you guys, if you could bring any four people into your bubble, who would it be? But the rules are, and I'm making them up right now, it can't be your immediate family. It can't be your wife, kids. That's too obvious. I, I want to get more into like Hunger Games sort of well, style. Well, like, like, it can't be anyone in this room either. Right? Yeah, it can't be anybody on the pot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why? Because you feel like feelings would be hurt. Like my feelings, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've thought about this, so I, I, I do you want me to start because of course. because uh, I just put you on spot here. So Manager Ash would be in. She'd be my first pick. That's number one. That uh, feels a little like family, though. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, I should I mean she's kind of feels like family, okay. but but she's not like a partner. Yeah, I guess she's like a partner. Okay, in crime. Ash, we'll let it go. Okay, Ash. Yeah. Um, by the way, we are missing Ash right now. We are missing. She Ash. Was, she's been on every pod. Did you ask her to come by for this? Uh, yeah, but getting her to Hamilton, she'd have to. Rent yeah, a car she's or set up at her sweet apartment in Toronto. Yeah. She's good. But she anyways, we're Ash. thinking about you. I wish she was here with us because she's usually at all of them. She's fantastic. Um, Dan Hamilton, um, the Nut. Wow. And COVID's really and solidified. Greg Veerman. The nut made it, which, which, by the way, can I just say, like, that does make me feel good because uh, I feel like you guys have become a lot closer over this five months of COVID. Yeah, I mean, we have a funny relationship because we have a real friendship where we'll, we'll talk about like personal stuff, but then we also have just such a fun time scheming. And this is something we've been doing forever, which is having kind of like chats and brainstorms about each other's jobs, uh, leading back to before he got his job at MLSE. Like we, I helped him with his resume and like we, and whenever he's working on stuff, we like to bounce ideas off each other. And I just think the idea, like how would I want to maximize my time in the bubble? Mm-hmm. Like Ash would obviously be a big part of that, but the nut would be amazing because here's the thing. I can't go up to, I don't know, Dame Lillard or LeBron or any of these guys myself, because they're like, I, like and, and pump myself up. But the nut would be like, hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, LeBron, that, my friend Mac, Max is a really big deal. You want to know him. You mm-hmm. want to know this guy, uh, huge, yeah, big musician. You, you, you guys, this is pretty big deal. You know, he'd pump my tires in a way that would be very helpful, I think, around those NBA dudes. So he'd be great. Dan, obviously, uh, best pal. And Greg is there because uh greg's a great chill guy 
great. He can kind of take him anywhere. He'd also entertain Dan <laughs> when Ash and the Nut and I were going to do stuff because Dan sometimes gets annoyed. Yeah, it's like giving a dog a bone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Dan sometimes gets annoyed if the Nut and Ash and I are like talking biz too much. And so I'll stick him with Greg. And then we'd have, and also Greg is a great videographer. He can uh, do a lot of video editing. So, because I'm sure we'd be making content down there. Totally. So it's kind of a dream team. Man, you've thought a lot about this. Yeah, that's I did. a good roster. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a good crew. Okay, go, Shane. Okay, I'm going Matt McPeak. I'm going oh, good one. Mark Myers. Ooh, this is a good basketball team. Oh. Yeah, I know. And then I'm going John Popolis. <laughs> you that's, just brought a basketball <laughs> you team. You spread a basketball team. You got one more. It's, uh, yeah, four. Four. Oh, four? Okay, who else is good? Who would I like to bring at. Ball. Uh, oh, jeez. What else? AJ could be fun. Mm. Oh, he's I, fun. He's I'd fun want time. I'd want to be playing ball down there, mm. and I'd want guys who are always kind of cool to play. And I'd love to get a video of me and my team playing against some NBA guys, some pickup. <laughs> who who would be the four you'd face off against? Like you know, bench players. Who, who no, like, no, really. You wouldn't just go like, I want to play against. Oh, well, he'd, have, he'd have five. It's him plus four, so they'd get to play five on five. Yeah, okay. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But like, who? No, who'd you play against? Which NBA guys? If you had to play, well, against? I guess the Raptors would be very mm-hmm. ideal, just because I know the team so well. Yeah, you could match up well against. Yeah. Them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think sometimes, like, when I think about the way that, like, we've we've all been lucky enough to sit like courtside in an NBA game, and these athletes are like, they're superhumans. They're massive. Like, even if like it's a six foot player, they're just shoulders just bigger than a normal six foot person like you're what six one yeah just about but like when you stand next to kyle lowry he's just bigger than you yeah in a lot of ways mm-hmm. even though he might be an inch shorter do you ever think about if you matt mcpeak uh mark myers aj and john hopless were on the court against literally like lebron james john like Giannis Antetokounmpo, like say in all like nba players how you guys would look no, I think about what it would look like to play with those guys mm. and like throwing the passes and how you could look. And this is, of course, if you could get past the mental nerves of it all, because that like these guys are all physically gifted, obviously, but they have extreme mental prowess, too. Yeah. And yeah. that in basketball, like confidence and being able to handle a crowd and cameras, that is almost more important than your physical skills. Yeah. Like like if you're comfortable, you're fucking t- way better than if you're the, if you're the thing i'll add though um is that we always forget this and i am reminded every time i play against a guy who's like maybe played college basketball or something they're so much more physical than you realize like when we play pickup no one really touches each we're other too much even now. if we're like oh shane's going crazy on defense no one's really but like there's elbows being thrown people are being pushed yeah. around like uh, yeah the odd time i've played against somebody who has like real skill and and played at a high level i'm like oh yeah i'm just getting tossed around it, well, the key is subtle. you just got to become a shooter and a passer yeah yeah and a, maybe a couple dribbles yeah to but. your point though about sort of the mental fortitude uh they talk about certain like guys even in the nba that maybe are like deep bench guys that are like amazing scrimmage players they go yeah. that guy kills it in practice mm-hmm. but it's like when it comes down to like doing it when it matters they, it's just not there you know they're going to panic or make a weird decision when it matters and all stuff so you think about like i i've thought about like it'd be interesting to watch you play point guard with like four nba players on your if i was like three drinks deep Mm. and was feeling kind of cool like it's like parallel parking i could never do it if (laughs) only 10 people (laughs) (laughs) only three i drive better drunk than i do sober i'm saying it now but I, i could never do it if like a group of 10 people were watching me like every move would just be way different than if I was alone. Like I can do it alone. I can't do it with people looking at me. But do you think you would look, how would you look physically? 
terrible, that- terrible. Like I, I would want a month to prepare. Right. Yeah, you'd have to drop 10 pounds, not even drop 10 pounds, just replace the 10 pounds of fat with 10 pounds of lean muscle. Right, right, right. To even kind of look like an out of shape guy. Yeah, it's it's tough for white guys. So even like white guys that are super in shape, they just look like shit. If you're pasty white, I'm not that pasty. Yeah. But I'll never forget, like like Steve Nash, when he used to play, looked very small, right? Like mm-hmm. So he's 6'3", and like I know people that are 6'3", um, but on the court he looked small. And so I thought in person he would just look like my friends who are 6'3". But then I saw him in person like years ago at much. I got to do like an artist ID with him where he's like, hey, I'm Steve Nash. You're watching much music. Uh, and again, like he just looked a little bit bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? Like shoulders just a little bit broader. Athletes, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Just Yeah, exactly. There's just something a little bit different. But so once I you make the NBA, that's all you're doing. Like, uh, yeah, right. I was reading a thing about like how college players, when they, they really get their minds blown when they do an NBA scrimmage for the first time. Because the difference between college and NBA is so different because college guys have to focus on other things. And NBA, it's just all they do is play at the highest level, practice, work out with the best people. And it's just like they're a completely different person after two years in the NBA. Wow. Who'd you bubble with, Mike? Man, uh, my brother, Greg Veerman, gets in 100%. Yeah. He's a great hang. The thing is, I have so many like family though. That was part of the rules. Oh no, I immediate family. I guess <laughs> his brother. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking more of like your nuclear family. Yeah, like I, oh, I, I, I didn't want to have like I gotta bring Danica right now. Oh, okay. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or like Winnie's coming. Like fuck that. No. <laughs> Alex and Lou, they seem great. I would bring them. Uh, can we bring each other's families? Yeah, yeah. That no. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, my brother 100%. Uh, but that also, it's like that weird thing where my brother and I are like friends and brothers. It's like, you know, that's kind of like... I, I will allow Greg. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, God, the thing is we have so many great... Like, I love hanging with everybody. Like, I, no, but who? No, but here's the thing. I gave you strategy for why the nut is coming. It is right. Yeah, that's I, why I selected my team the way I did. Yeah, I love yeah. the nut. So, 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 think about who of your friends would make the most. Like, what do you want to get out of the bubble? Hanging out with the NBA guys. What relationships do you want to make down there? Who can help facilitate that? Who would also appreciate the experience more than anybody? Well, but see, this this brings me back to like I would probably like you two would probably be in my mm. bubble. Like you guys, you guys are those people that I would be fun situation where it's like you guys like to have a drink, you like to have a good time, but you also know when it's time. I feel like Sean Dawson would be to part do of business. Sean would be great in the bubble. Yeah, because be he he loves. I feel like I have the pressure of picking my my uh, my wedding party again. Oh yeah, that was. Tough. It is very similar to that. It's too this much stress, man. And and a lot of our friends listen to this podcast, you know. So mm. it's like it's a lot of stress. Okay, I'm gonna pick your bubble, Greg. Okay, I like it. Sean, I'll take it. That's good. You know what? You've been very good friend to Jug. Jug would love the bubble. He he needs to get the fuck away from his family for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that as anybody who's got small kids, nothing against his family. I saw Ellie today. She's having a nap. Did you go by there for a swim? I bored the blow up mattress. Oh, right. so he's got two more. Uh, no, uh, th- one more. Okay, because uh, Sean Jug. Greg, you need an alpha male in the mix now. Yeah, like this. That is true. But like the nut is such a great person. The, the nut, if, yeah, you have to goal, put the nut if the in there. The goal is to facilitate relationships. Yeah. Honestly, I think the nut makes every single one of our bubbles. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I bring the nut even. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, yeah. The nut is in my bubble. But I take the nut. Is he the same now? Like he's super ripped right now. Is he the <laughs> same fun level? I feel like he wouldn't touch a a drink. A no, no, no. Just do a vodka. He, uh, he would. I can. He's that. fun still. Yeah, he is. He is fun. I think. Yeah. Yeah, He's been very weeks. cordial via text with me, and it's it's not that it's not fun. It's very friendly and nice. It's just not as fun as mm. he used to. I think that chirp I, me. Well, he, it's funny you say that because it's like 
he's kind of like I, Max and Dan and uh, the Nut have. You guys have been hanging out. You guys have like this Toronto pod, mm-hmm. which I miss a lot because I was in that pod. It's a good pod before I left the city. Great pod. I left the city. I'm no longer in that pod. Mm-hmm. I, I miss Toronto. I miss our 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 hangs. You know, random Tuesdays and Thursdays, just whatever. I miss those. But so what I get from the Nut is I'll get these texts where he's just mm-hmm. like really miss hanging man like these yeah. really nice sweet like thinking about you man bubble things like that and so it would be great to like go into the bubble with the nut but maybe he is soft i think the pandemic has made him soft have but you I, seen him with the shirt well on? i mean body hard <laughs> yeah. emotionally soft oh, okay uh but it's probably made us all soft mm-hmm. in more ways than one no the nuts you know doing his uh scheming thing more than ever and i oh, say yeah? scheming in a very positive way because i'm a schemer myself do you think maybe soft is the wrong word but perhaps I'm not saying anything about nut prior to pandemic, but nicer. Hey! Whoa. <laughs> no, love the nut. But Great nicer's guy. less fun, maybe. That's what I'm saying, because you say he's being cordial and perhaps yeah. nicer. You say he's soft, perhaps nicer. In a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erica. Yeah, well, he's, he's just always been soft. He's just not having any uh, episodes, you know, where he, he has to send a lot of apologies. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Erica, what do you got? My bubble, yeah. my my bubble. In the Sorry, bubble. one thing before we go, Erica. Yes, peak in my bubble. I love peaky. You you mm-hmm. took peak. I would have yep. taken peak before yeah. you take it. I you know I would take it, but I want to double up. Okay, I feel like my mo though in the bubble would be slightly different than your guys. Like yeah, I don't want to like ball. No, you shouldn't have to want to ball. No, but you want to maybe sightsee and see like <laughs> your friends who you have fun with. Or... Yeah, like go fishing. I see they're fishing in the bubble. Like, do you have any friends who are into the NBA? Um. Not good friends that I would want to hang out with in the bubble. Mm. I don't like think. Ash loves Kyle Lowry, and it'd be right. awesome for them to meet. And, hey, right. Do you have any friends who are like, oh, they die to meet someone? Oh yeah, and I can't bring my mom. Fuck, mm. my mom loves Surge. Like I'm so. You know what? I'm gonna allow it. Okay, I'll bring my mom. <laughs> I would also bring um, my good friend Maddie D. Mm. She has been working all summer doing this. Like, could you use a break. Placement could use a break, could really let loose. She's a great partier, but I haven't got to party party mm. with her at all, all summer. So that would be super fun. Um, and maybe I'd bring Greg too. Cause, wow. Yeah. Again, he deserves a great boss. He deserves it. He already has bubble experience, so he could show us all the ropes down oh my there. God, true. I forgot about that. And um, yeah, he could also film some fire content. Yeah. Maybe I could get a TikTok page started down mm. there. Greg could direct it. Um, and, and the nut, and the nut, yeah, yeah. The nut and I could really use some quality time. So uh, Dan Hamilton's not invited, eh? <laughs> in my bubble, yeah. Dan could have easily made my bubble. Yeah. He used to be my neighbor. I miss Dan. He used to live a couple floors below me, man. Yeah. Uh, I could have had Dan in my bubble. He's good on defense. I find rebounds, and he knows his role <laughs> on the court. Yeah, I'll bring Dan to a rebound too. No. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, that was a good joke. That was very good. That yeah. was quick. Mm-hmm. I liked it. All right. Guys, moving on to the next topic. Plastic surgery. Mm. <laughs> we've, we've, a very popular topic. There was an article that came out saying that uh, due to the uh, sort of explosion of Zoom and uh, virtual meetings, people aren't hanging out in person anymore like we are doing right now. Uh, they are doing everything on computers. And because of that... Uh, there's a rush to get some plastic surgery because they can look good on the old... Uh, that seems like that logic Zoom. just seems crazy to me. It's so dumb because in the, when you're on a, a Zoom call, you can control your angles yeah. and keep your face straight and you control what the person sees. It's the most controllable. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not like... You have to show off your body as much. There's a lot of people who if you, like... 
who can, with the right angles, look really good. And then you meet them in person, you're like, okay, they're like not quite as hot as you thought. I think this is a fake, one of those Russian bot articles that's no, just trying to get clicks. I think it's because people have never spent so much time looking at themselves. Like if you were in the oh. office in real life meetings, oh. eight hours a day, you're not, you don't see your reflection for eight hours a day, but now you're staring at yourself in these Zoom calls. And it's like, ooh, my nose, ooh, my this, ooh, my that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. good point, good point. Mm-hmm. So wait, here's a question. When you guys are on these Zooms, how often do you look at the person talking? How often do you look at yourself? <laughs> I try to always look at the person talking for the because you see when you see someone else just looking at themselves. Like I was watching Tyler, who's like the hottest guy alive from Tyler Cameron from The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. He was doing a Zoom call on Entertainment Tonight and he looked at himself the entire time. He's so hot, though. I, I know. Would do that like, too. I, yeah, but I would make a conscious effort if I was Tyler to look at the camera, not yourself. Okay, so, so but if you're looking at the camera, the you're not looking at the person. The talking. person, I mean, yeah. How could you tell he wasn't looking? At them. Because you could see his, where his eyes were looking and the other person oh. was looking because uh, he was with the, the new bachelor. There's a new uh, black oh, bachelor. Buddy, Matt? Who's his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the other guy was doing it like where you could tell he wasn't looking at himself. You know, Check it out. It's crazy. Do you still think Tyler's <laughs> as hot today as he was when he was on the show? In this Zoom call, he looked even the hottest he's ever looked. Really? His eyes were popping. The light was right on him. Seems like he wasn't the only one looking at Tyler <laughs> yeah, oh, the whole time. Oh, I can't take my eyes off him, but <laughs> I'm not him. <laughs> Um, his friend Matt, though, I'm in. I like that guy. Mm. You like he? Mm-hmm. He's yeah, a new he's bachelor, good, right? but I would hate being best friends with Tyler. But he's super hot too. I mean, they're, they're pretty hot pair, but, and they offer yeah. different things. So. Yeah, they they probably love being best friends with each other because they get invited to all the parties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they get to go everywhere together. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> Maxie, when you're on a Zoom call, do you look at yourself or the people talking? I've been lucky that I haven't had to go on too many Zoom calls. But I will say this: I was on a Zoom call the other day. And uh, it was with a guy from the label in the in Britain, and he, I found him to be so fucking charming. And he was like had floppy hair, and he just had some cool posters in the background. He's probably like late thirties or something. And I was sort of transfixed by this guy. And I was thinking, I was like, if this guy didn't have a British accent, would I think he's hot? Because right mm-hmm. now, I think this guy's really fucking hot. But I, but I was then I just started thinking about like the accent game because mm-hmm. if you are you know, someone from England, you talk like Hugh Grant or something like that. Like you're scoring a lot more points than if it's just on email or something like that. Yeah, or it's like a, a superpower. There's like a movie years ago that basically if you're like a uh, if you're a Brit or like a French person in America, mm-hmm. your accent is actually like a superpower. It's an aphrodisiac. Do you yeah. think it's more disarming when you see a really good looking man than a really good looking woman? Uh, oh, good question. I feel like. I find it's rarer, so I'm more like, what the hell? Like, well, who's yeah, because guy? guys, yeah, it's it is rare, I mm-hmm. think, and it's a lot of like different types of handsome for guys. It sort of depends on whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Like, well, we're all kind of good looking guys, I think, but it's all kind of different. <laughs> I, don't I knew know. you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I was just thinking about how on the Zoom call that guy mm-hmm. that guy runs things. So you, I think if, I think it's really served. If him there's well. not a hot guy on the other line, who are you looking at yourself? Or are you trying to be respectful? Oh, <laughs> probably myself. <laughs> what What about you, Mikey? Uh, I'm ashamed to say that I find myself watching myself more than. Yeah, I, 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 but I, but to your point, I'm very cognizant of it. So then mm-hmm. I have to stop myself from doing it. Yeah, because I'm scared I'm going to get busted and judged. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm constantly like fucking put my hands through my hair and shit and I'm just like what are you doing right now well I check in on myself a lot but where my gaze is mostly it's on the person but I'm doing an 
on, do people actually pay attention on these Zoom calls? I've done like two of them, and after the first like ten minutes, I just like fucked off and I was like looking at my phone and stuff like that. Do people actually like pay attention to each other? Well, I, well we've been doing a Zoom call every week, Max, for <laughs> pod. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking about the pod. I was thinking about like Arkell's biz. Stuff. It depends right. who's on, you know. If a big, if a big wig's on, if boss is on or something, you gotta like kind of pay attention go on video but if it's like you have meetings with the same people every day it sucks though because the bigger the wig the more boring they are so you kind of zone out you're so focused on pretending to be paying attention yeah erica what about you you watching yourself or you watching the people talking? you have a good angle that you've chosen 60 40 60 40 Mm -hmm. there you go have you thought Um, about your angle mm, no it's usually just straight on Mm. sometimes i'll put the laptop on a book or two so it's more like straight on as opposed to like yeah upward angle mm. you know what depends I mean? how good you look too like some if i'm having a day where i'm just like why do i look so good right now then <laughs> i was going the other way yeah, why do i look so fucking hot <laughs> <laughs>